One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And we are sisters, and we like to talk about murder. We sure do. And our last name is Eck, E-C-K. Mm-hmm. So we're not mm-hmm. just being clever by by making a play off of the word maniac, but that's what most people think, yep. which is adorable, but yep. it's Sadie Eck and Courtney Eck. That's our actual names. It is. So, E-C-K. Now- e as an elephant. That's what I tell people. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have cleared that up, I have a doozy of a case for you guys tonight. Mm. I'm not going to say very much about it. I'm just going to get into it. This is the crazy, crazy targeting of Siti Aisha and Duan T. Hong. Whoa. Oh, I do want to say really quick to you guys. I'm going to play a promo for my other podcast this episode. Please leave. It's a horror podcast that I write with one of our listeners. Beck Stranger also contributes. So stick around for that. We'll play that after this main part of the episode. So 28-year-old Duan T. Hong was raised in Vietnam by farmers and was described as a very intelligent and well-behaved person. Her sister-in-law joked that she was such a good person, she was terrified of butchering a chicken, and so other family members always had to do it for her. She had gone to the city for university and had studied accounting, but was struggling to find a job in her field once she graduated, so took a job as a waitress. Her real ambition was to be an actress, so was also doing some modeling and applied to be a contestant on Vietnam Idol as a part of this pursuit. In early December of 2016, Duan's coworker Tui called her and said that she had an opportunity for her to be a part of a prank show that was going to be filming and instructed her to meet at a place called Hay Bar to learn more. Huh. Duan went to the bar to meet Tui and a man who introduced himself in Vietnamese as Mr. Y. He said he worked for a Japanese production company and offered her 1000 American dollars to travel around and play pranks on people for a comedy reality show they were filming, like for YouTube. I, I do not trust Japanese prank shows. They're oh. mean. <laughs> Sadie and I, you, we got, you were on, in on that kick 
right? Early YouTube where we would watch the yes. Japanese prank shows where they would like rig a, a porta potty in like a ski resort. <laughs> so the people would go in to use the restroom and the front of the thing would fly open and they would yes. get shot out into the snow on yes. like skis down yes. a mountain naked. <laughs> like, yes. Or yes. out of the top of the porta potty and stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. Like di- the dying stuff. Like not funny. Like, oh, here we might kill you. Ha, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. yeah. No. Yes. No, it's, it's extreme. It's a real thing or at least it was for a while. I don't know if it's still a real thing, but yeah, that shit is serious business. It's not just like pranked, which also makes me really uncomfortable. I can't really watch prank shows. No, no, it's too mean. (laughs) Yeah. So the concept of the show followed the amateur prank videos that Sadie and I were just talking about that are so popular on YouTube and social media where people like pretend to sneeze on a stranger or scare people in public. Duan had acted in this type of video two times before and in one video that was uploaded to YouTube, Dwan was sitting on a bench in public and was approached by a man who invites her to play a game where they push the teeth of a toy alligator. And if the alligator closes his mouth, the other person gets to slap that person. <laughs> That's funny. I know. <laughs> it was called like, how to kiss a girl. Like the the host, it was like, I'm going to flirt with this girl. But I don't, you know, whatever. Weird. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a, kind of a weak concept, but whatever. People liked it, I guess. But regardless, she had done this. She had been invited to do this type of thing before. And so she was like, yeah, I'm, the, I'm perfect for this. And she's a very, very beautiful, you know, just cute, bubbly kind of girl. Right. So Dwan's first assignment was to go to the opera house in Hanoi and Mr. Y pointed out a stranger for her to approach. He directed her to talk to the person for a bit and then kiss them on the cheek and walk away. She pulled off the prank and then Mr. Y took her to a nearby coffee shop where he introduced her to his boss, who is a much older Korean man who called himself Hanamori, which means uncle. So Duan traveled around with Mr. Y filming the pranks and Mr. Y directed Duan's actions based on the production company's feedback after seeing the clips. In one text exchange between them, Mr. Y instructed Dawn that the next time they played a prank, she, quote, needed to be harder when she covered the target's eyes. Hold two to three seconds, then go down the whole face. When it sticks to the eyes, it will make people surprised and puzzled. It will bring a good effect to the video clip. Because I think sometimes she would put, like, lotion on her hands. He was like, put more lotion, hold it there longer, okay. drag it down the face kind of a thing. Yeah. And stick it to the eyes. Yeah. So in the next video they recorded, which was taken at the Kuala Lumpur airport, Duan can be seen running up behind a stranger, placing her hands over his eyes for two seconds, and then bowing and running away when the man turned around. In that case, I don't think she had anything on her hands. I think she was more like, guess who? And then he turns around and he doesn't know her and she just bows and is like, oh, I'm sorry, and runs away. So Mr. Y texted after the fact that it was a perfect performance and that he had another shoot lined up for her to do the same prank at the same airport on the 13th of the month. So they told her in that video they would be shooting with a male actor, and the shoot was very important. So Duan put extra effort into her hair and makeup to make him proud. I am so nervous right now. Yeah. I mean, if we weren't doing a true crime podcast, 
then right. you'd be like, be like where oh, is this going? This a funny story. Yeah. So kooky. These girls who are trying to become actresses get their big break. Nope. It gets it. You, you guys will not expect the twist. If you are not familiar with this story, you will not expect what is coming in a million, billion, trillion years. So the, the second character in this case is 25-year-old Siti Aisha. And in 2017, she worked as a masseuse in a spa in Kuala Lumpur. She was originally from Indonesia and regularly traveled back to visit her family and young son who lived, I think, with her, with his... I read that he lived with her mother, but I think he actually lived with her ex-father-in-law. Anyway, her young son still lived in Indonesia. City's friends say that she was an extremely down-to-earth, fun-loving, and funny person who is always making jokes and making others happy. City went to school until sixth grade, at which point she needed to start working to help support her family, so she moved to Jakarta to work at a clothing factory. She eventually married the owner of the factory and had her son when she was 17. She loved being a mother but had to work long hours to support her son and her family back home, so it would work from 7.30 or 8 a.m. to midnight every day. Oh, no. Yep. Oh. She and her husband divorced in 2012, and her son lived. This is where I, I saw a documentary with her in it, so I believe that documentary, they said her son lived with her ex's father, and she moved to Kuala Lumpur to find better opportunities. At first, she was much happier in her new city and was able to be more of a young person who embraced fashion and spent time going out and having fun with friends. Unfortunately, it is very common for young immigrant women to find themselves being the target of the underbelly of the city, and city was no exception. Before long, she was involved in sex work at a massage parlor because it was her best opportunity to make good money as an immigrant teenager with very little education. Yeah. So one night, a taxi driver named John had picked up a Japanese man named James who asked for a ride to the city center and explained that he was scouting for girls to act for him in a series of prank videos that he was filming. He gave John his card and said to call him if he came across any girls that would be a good fit for the project. I assume he said to like, I'll pay you, you know, if you find girls for me, because John was very invested in finding someone. Right. So John told several women about the opportunity that night, but none of them had been interested. Then 3 a.m. that same night, John spotted City sitting by herself on the side of the road after work. I think he was probably specifically asking sex workers, too, because he said, you know, at 3 a.m., all the girls come out of the clubs. They're trying to find, you know, private clients for the rest of the night. And so he spotted her at that point. And he approached her about the video series he'd learned, was looking for actresses, and she agreed to learn more. So a couple of days later, John drove City to a mall where she met James and he said he'd pay her 100 American dollars for her to put baby lotion on her hands and told her to approach a stranger and shake their hand, then look into their eyes and say she was sorry. She said that she didn't think the prank was particularly funny. Right. <laughs> but James reassured her that that style of prank was very popular in Japan and the video would be a hit. City said that she was very excited to have the opportunity to make such easy money. 
And so she started working with James on the series. They hired someone named Mr. Chang to translate for them because James didn't speak English or Indonesian very well. And the three of them traveled around the world making the pranks. Around Most the world. Of, yeah, and I don't know how, I couldn't figure out how far they got, but he said to her, like, listen, we're going to go to the United States. I know that they traveled some around Southeast Asia, but I don't know entirely, like, how far they got. But they traveled doing these pranks. Most of the pranks that City was directed to do involved her walking up to strangers from behind and putting her hands over their eyes to surprise them with her presence, but they wouldn't know who she was when they turned around. So similar to the one that Dawn had done. Right. City participated in at least 10 prank videos with James and Mr. Chang, and the last of these were scheduled to happen at the Kuala Lumpur airport in mid-February of 2017. So on February 12th, 2017, City celebrated her birthday at the Hard Rock Cafe, and she can be seen on video blowing out her candles and looking very happy. Then at 9 a.m. on February 13th, City arrived at the Kuala Lumpur airport and hid behind a pedestal that she'd been instructed to hide behind. Dewan was also, huh? I do not like it. I don't Uh like it. Duan was also scheduled to participate in a prank that day at the Kuala Lumpur airport. Uh And on CCTV footage, she can be seen approaching the same target from the Uh opposite direction, wearing a shirt that said LOL on it. Oh, no. While the man that they they had targeted printed out his boarding pass, both women approached him and smeared something on his face then ran away as quickly as they'd appeared. Yeah, I think I know where this is going. Uh (laughs) I've seen this video. Yep. The man immediately found police officers and reported that two women had smeared some type of chemical on his face, and so they started walking him toward the airport clinic. CCTV footage from inside the airport shows the man as they are walking, and the man who had been the target of the prank started limping and sort of dragging his leg soon after they started their trip. He made it to the clinic, where he received immediate medical treatment, but much to the surprise of the staff at the clinic, one hour after he arrived, he was dead. No, I hate it. That man was... Kim Jong-nam, the half-brother of the current leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, and the substance that City and Duan had spread on his face was one of the fastest-acting and most deadly nerve agents in the world, VX. (laughs) What the fuck? I had no idea that's who did this. Or, like, that's how this ended up getting to... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how this came across my radar, but I was like, that is some seriously diabolical shit. I mean, I remember when it happened and the video was everywhere, you know, of him dying. But I, how did, where did we not get the follow up of what happened? Was I just not paying attention? uh, No, no, it's not reported. Luckily, there's a documentary. It's called Assassins. I got most of this information from this documentary. And even if you go to the Wikipedia page, the fact that these girls were groomed through a fucking prank show is like a footnote 
It's not even the story. And I'm like, this is the story. Like the story is crazy. We're going to talk about the whole story, but these young girls, struggling young girls, were just randomly targeted at- to assassinate to assassinate brother one of, of the most Lord, powerful people God. in the world. Yes. Right. Wow. Yes. I had, wow. I, yeah. I was flabbergasted. I was like, I need to learn everything. Luckily, there's a two-hour <laughs> documentary on this. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Unbelievable. That's that. Oh God, it gives me chills. It's so doesn't it awful. It's yes. awful that you could just be a 25-year-old girl who's like, oh my God, what a fun break. How fun. And I mean, these girls are like posting to their social medias. They're like, oh, having brunch with James before our next assignment and just like having yeah. the time of their fucking life. Little finally, do they know. <laughs> right. Like finally making some easy money that doesn't require all of the fucking awful shit they have to do. Yeah. And yep. no, that's, oh my God. Yeah. They're well, unwittingly- Going to assassinate one of the most powerful people in the world. Does the are they okay? I mean, I'm sure you'll tell it, but like the nerve agent, does it kill them too? No, I, I can tell you that they no, they did not okay. die of the nerve agent. But so here, it just has to you, here get you in go, your, like orifices or whatever. Here's the crazy fallout from from this fucking story. Please tell me everything. It's so crazy. So, there is a myth in North Korea that the Kim family was divinely ordained to lead the nation, and so male descendants of the rulers are automatically in line to take power when the current leader dies. And if you don't, I mean, I'm assuming that everybody knows about North Korea in 2023, but if you don't, I highly encourage you to just take a second and like Google. <laughs> yeah, it's so unbelievable. It's, it will bend your mind into a fucking pretzel. I don't necessarily love the Joe Rogan show. You all, anyone who's listened to this podcast will not be surprised to know that <laughs> I'm like a, a huge Joe Rogan fan. But the episode that he did where he interviews the North Korean girl is definitely worth listening to. I mean, it will, you will, you just won't believe it. It's just unbelievable how fucking awful it is. And if I'm going to list things that I'm scared of, North Korea is in the top five things. Yeah. It's, it's, a ter- it's just terrifying. Well, and the fact that North Korea exists in our world today- yeah. The way yeah. it is, and that we're just like, okay, you know, well, and I know it's not that. Sim- about it. I know, yeah. I know it's not that simple, but the fact that that can happen, I know. And as a world, we can't come together and be like, okay, we could probably figure this out together, right? We could probably help those people. No, and the answer is no. No, it's very upsetting. Yeah, well, they have all the nukes, and they have China, right. so we're fucked. Right? Yeah, right? No, I understand that. It's just really, yeah. really no. Not it's okay. Extremely, yeah. extremely upsetting. Yeah. So. Kim Jong-nam was the firstborn and long considered the favorite son of Kim Jong-il, and so he should have taken power after his father's passing. Kim Jong-nam's mother was a famous actress that Kim Jong-il just sort of took as his wife, as he did, as they do, and she raised Jong-nam. Kim Jong-un was born to a different mother who who was a famous dancer and he was born 10 years later, and the brothers were not raised together. I didn't they, know that, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, they grew up in separate households. And I don't know that Jong-il divorced the first wife, I'm not sure, but I don't think he would have to. I think he just well, had Yeah, to. you just do what you want. Yeah. So Jong-un's mother 
was very ambitious and very present in her son's life and was an outspoken advocate for her son to become the next leader of North Korea as he was growing up. And I didn't look into her background because there's plenty to talk about in this case alone. Already. But mm-hmm. it seems like she was a very influential, very powerful person. I don't know if she's alive still, but she was. she's a, she's a major player in North Korea. She, she made sure of that. So in the early 2000s, Kim Jong-nam took his family to Tokyo using a fake Dominican passport with the Chinese name so he could bring his children to Disneyland. Oh, my God. He sneaked into Tokyo to go to Disneyland, you guys. <laughs> I mean, don't really blame him. <laughs> no, but, if, but if there is something that communists don't like... It is fucking Disneyland. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't name something that communists dislike more than Disney. <laughs> that is the most the capitalistic, <laughs> democratic, like it is a symbol of America. You might as well have brought them to a fucking Cubs game. Like it is right. big no-no. So he got caught oh, by God. Japanese authorities and the North Korean regime was extremely embarrassed by the incident especially considering Disney is a major U.S. export and they are the number one, we are the number one enemy of North Korea. The U.S. and North Korea, no, 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 not good. You'd think the Japanese would be like, okay, you know what? Enjoy your vacation. Go back home. Like, you know, I I mean, but if if security issue for them, right? Exactly. If a member of the North Korean dynasty shows up in the United States. We're not going to be like, please enjoy your trip <laughs> to <true>. Disneyland. <laughs> like, Good point. I know. I just feel bad. Like, you yeah, just wanted to go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really interesting to to like see videos of Jong Nam. I mean, he's just a chill dude, man. He's the chillest guy. He's wearing gold chains, fucking driving hot cars. Like he just, he does not want to be a North Korean fucking leader. Right? It's wild. Yeah. yeah. He's he's the he's just a bro, like a full bro, <laughs> chillest bro. It's so Ugh, funny. Poor guy. He's like, please, yeah. really, like, can I just please not do yeah. this, please? Well, and you see, like Jong Jong Un, who's like. So uptight, so buttoned up with little outfits and hair. Yeah. And Jong Nam's just shooting fucking hang loose symbols. Not really, but he wants to be. You know, he's like shocking difference between the brothers. So after the incident, there were rumors that Jong Un's mom, (laughs) the Jong Un's mom, was the one who sent a tip to Japanese police that Jong Nam was going to be sneaking into their country. As a part of her plan to ensure that her son would be the one to take power. Wow. Yep. So after that, Jong Nam made a deal with his father so that he could leave North Korea and move to Macau, which is a territory in China, so that he could live a normal life. Mm. But this disqualified him from becoming North Korea's leader down the road. Which is crazy. I mean, that shows how much Jong Il loved his son that he would let him embarrass them that much and then be like, you know what, kid? Fine. You can leave North Korea. Nobody leaves North Korea, let alone the leader's son. But he was like, yeah, you just want to be a normal dude? All right, go take your family, go be a normal dude. That's that's really crazy. It is. I mean, it's (laughs) so many crazy 
elements to this story, but that is hard for me to wrap my mind around. But he really And you think it was it was it was love, his love for his son that he let him do that. Everybody says that he just like was absolutely besotted, like beside himself with being a father of Jong Nam. Loved Jong Nam, worshipped him. Like it was just it was his whole thing. His whole world was this little kid. Huh. I know. I know. I did not know that. I didn't either. I didn't know anything I, about the brothers. I didn't know any I mean it's North Korea. We don't really know anything about anything, but yeah. This <laughs> I did I didn't know any of this. It's it's just fascinating. Huh. I'm so happy you're covering this case. I'm just going to say, because this is I'm this is right up my alley. So thank I, you. I'm so glad to hear that because I was like, this is fascinating. <laughs> it's just so yes. interesting. I mean, North it Korea really is, is just so interesting and terrifying. Yes. Um, but this, case, this family, the dynamics, the Cain and Abel kind of vibes yes. and the whole thing. Yeah. And then prank shows. And like, then- What? Rank shows. I just can't even, I cannot even. No. No. Continue, please. So Zhang Nam moving to China would mean that, oh, so like he's not allowed to be the the leader of North Korea. Like he defaulted. He's like, I'm out. I'm going to go be Chinese. He's still communist, but it's not North Korean communism. But this wouldn't necessarily mean that he couldn't show up after his father was dead to try to stake his claim, potentially, right? Right. So there was immediate speculation when he was assassinated that Kim Jong-un had planned an elaborate assassination of his half-brother to keep that from happening. And so the so at this point, the dad is still alive. No, he's at, dead. 20, okay, so he's dead and the brother is the, yep. the, cool, the cool brother uh, is not the leader. The younger brother is. Yep. And, but then he dies in the airport. He's assassinated. Yep. So I'm going to tell you all about it right okay. now. Yep. So Kim Jong-il, who was the you know, leader of North Korea when we our, our whole life, basically. Right. Or most of our life. He died in 2011. Okay. Yep. And so yep. his 25-year-old son, Kim Jong-un, the current leader of North Korea, took his father's place. So the transition was not an easy one for Jong-un because he was so young and had just graduated from college and was widely criticized by the old guard for being underqualified for the job and other countries were skeptical that he'd be able to maintain the totalitarian regime established by his ancestors. Well, he's got a thing for America too, right? He loves the movies and... Is that true? Yes. Well, so to maintain control and gain loyalty... He has awarded his citizens, especially the elite, with privileges like doing yoga and drinking coffee. You know, he's just like, he's loosened things up a little bit. He's given them little treats, right? To, yoga to, and coffee. Yeah, those are just two examples. They showed, they showed like a video of them, like they have stores, you know, just it's right. just like, he's a like, all right. Better. Yeah, here's some treats, guys. Um, and the millennials like love him. Right. I mean, they have to say that they do, but it does seem like their lives have gotten significantly better under his rule. Right. Better than his father and grandfather. So on the other hand, he has employed a lot of fear by eliminating anyone who questions or threatens him in any way whatsoever. He has gotten rid of several senior members of the government, including his uncle, who he had executed. Right. Right? Yep, I remember that. 
Yeah. And I don't know if he killed the senior members of the government or just sent them to work camps. Doesn't matter. You die in work camps, you're going to die one way or another. So around the same time, Kim Jong-nam was being interviewed while traveling around Southeast Asia and was quoted several times being fairly critical of his brother's leadership and saying that, quote, yep, a third generation dynasty does not comply with socialism. So he was like, it's never happened before. I don't know the details of this because, again, there's plenty to talk about. But he specifically said there's never been a socialist dynasty that lasted three generations. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think he's up for the job. Yeah. So immediately after the attack, City and Dawn were arrested and eight other men were under suspicion, four of whom were North Korean residents and had been at the airport the day that Jong Nam was murdered, but they had fled the country. So four of them peaced out. Right. A fifth man, Ri Jong Chol, was arrested and he worked as a chemist, was living in Malaysia in a home paid for by the North Korean government hey. and was on the payroll of, of the North Korean embassy. So City gets arrested in her apartment. She's like, my door is wide open. It's not locked. I'm... Just go home, take a shower, chilling out. So she doesn't know that he dies. No. They do the prank. He goes, gets help. They run away. They leave. And so they have no idea. None whatsoever. So you can see them. There's, you know, in the videos, he's like limping off to find the police. And the two of them are kind of holding their hands out, you know, like like if you have something gross on your hands, they're sort of, both right. of them are holding their hands out. They each go straight to the bathroom to wash their hands, thinking right. that it's like hand sanitizer or lotion or lotion, something. Lotion, baby oil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bare hands, you know, naked hands, no gloves, no protection of any kind, no masks, nothing. Oh my God. I'm, I'm really has got... Or Dawn's got her fucking hair crimped. She's like got her full makeup on. You know, they're just like dolled up, looking cute. Like, am I remembering? I have to rewatch the video. But so one of them is she's standing like a, hiding by a pillar, yeah. right? And she, correct, that's city. And that's what's so strange about it is that they, she just kind of jumps out, wipes his face, and then runs away. Yeah, is that right? Yep. But there's and, like a joyous sort of vibe to it. It's yeah. it's a very strange video, especially yeah. if you don't know that she thought she was pranking him. Yes, she thought she was acting. She's like, ha ha ha, gotcha. Oh yes. Right. Wow. Yep. And then Duan comes from the other direction and kind of does the same thing. The videos aren't, aren't super clear, but yeah, City whoop, comes out from behind, gets him, and then Duan does the same thing. They both like slap him in the face, basically. Yeah. And yeah, run off. In her LOL shirt, a t-shirt that says LOL on it. Yeah. So City explained to authorities that she had been at the airport with her employer, Mr. Chang. And so they asked her to call him, but the number had been disconnected. Oh, you don't say. She asked police if this was also a part of the show. Oh, no. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And wondered if the joke was being turned on her. Even once she got into prison, her defense lawyer was like, no, this is not part of the show. You are not being pranked. This is not a very elaborate, fucked up prank. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. So City's father said that he was at a friend's funeral 
praying and reciting the Quran when the news broke that his daughter had just assassinated the half brother <laughs> of the most powerful leader in the world wow. in a very public place in broad daylight. Wow. Yeah. City said that her fellow inmates in prison the day she got in were telling her that she would be the next in line to be executed for what she'd done. And news outlets and police were saying that they were femme fatales and clearly know, knew what they'd done because they were caught on camera washing their hands immediately after the attack. Oh, Lord. If the women were found guilty of the assassination, they would receive a mandatory death sentence by hanging. Jesus. Yeah. Well, Malaysia does not fuck around. Malaysia does not fuck around. You don't want to kill yeah. somebody in Malaysia. You're going to get hanged. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a loosey-goosey system over there, too, is the sense yeah. that I get, you know. Yeah. So these two women, neither of them are Malaysian nationals, very young, no money, no, you know, no resources, no help of any kind. They're fucked, right? And Ugh, Malaysia's God. also, I'm about to talk about it, but Malaysia's not about to fuck with North Korea either. So somebody's got to take the fall for these crimes. And of course, it's going to be these young women. So what happens, not to, I mean, I know that there's a lot to talk about, but what happens in this, like, say this happened in America. Yeah. And you accidentally kill somebody. Like, you really had no idea what you were doing. Yeah. Are you still culpable? Manslaughter? But manslaughter, you have to have some idea. Like, is it just an accident? <laughs> what happens? Like, how? what happens if you're duped into assassinating somebody? I mean, I think wow. in this, in the United States, if you can prove that, I think you would be, it would Let be go. dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't accident. Yeah. Like there's the no malintent. There's no motive whatsoever. You're not right. a murderer. The, right. The know? people who put you up to it would be. The they would be the murderers. You'd be the gun basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. In Malaysia, you know, may, that's a, that is a much yeah. grayer area. So the North Korean ambassador in Malaysia gave a press conference a week after the incident, denying that the country had anything to do with the assassination and criticizing the Malaysian authorities for arresting one of their citizens, the chemist, right? Right. They're like, hey, he just stormed right into his apartment and took, took one of our citizens. Malaysia kicked the ambassador out of their country after the fact and in retaliation, North Korea forbade any Malaysians to leave North Korea Oh, no. Which trapped all embassy staff and their families in the country. Well, that's terrifying. Well, I mean, good God. Like, to be a North Korean ambassador yeah, ah, or no. Malaysian ambassador in North <laughs> Korea? Oh, yo, yo, No. As f interested as I would be to go to North Korea, no. no. Like the kid that went on the college trip, which... What kind of liability policy do you have to take out to be able to take a bunch of fucking college students to North Korea? Right. <laughs> you know, and then no. the one kid stole the poster and ended up dying in a work camp? No, thank you yeah, very much. No. no, thank you. Like, you can very accidentally commit a, f like, felony crime in North right. Korea without knowing it. So then in March... The two countries negotiated and North Korea demanded the release of Ri Jong-chol, the chemist in custody in Malaysia, as well as two other North Koreans who were suspects in the murder and were hiding in the embassy in Malaysia. One of those men was an embassy official and the other was an airline employee. 
They also demanded that Kim, Kim Jong-nam's body be returned to North Korea for burial. Malaysia is one of the few countries who actually has a solid diplomatic relationship with North Korea, and so they agreed to all of the demands. Hmm. In return, nine Malaysian citizens were released from North Korea and allowed to return home. So Sidi and Duan, on the other hand, remained in custody and would have to fend for themselves without any other suspects in custody. Wow. Yeah, so Malaysia was like, sure, you can have the other suspects back. We'll just deal with these two. Oh, my God. Yeah, which doesn't seem like a fair trial no, to me or a fair investigation. Right? No. You're like, the people who probably did this get to go home. These two, tough shit. That's awful. So the four other men I mentioned that were suspects were still at large by the time that City and Duan went to trial and their identities were unknown to the defense when trial started. And so the two women were essentially the only ones being tried for the crime. So the defense didn't even know who they were, their names didn't, like the, the authorities wouldn't release that information to them. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh no. And it was like Mr. Chang was one of them, the uncle, the Korean man. You know, they, they didn't go into great detail about who these men were, but, you know, these were like the ringleaders of this thing or the people who were working with North Korea to set this all up. So the motives of the eight other men suspected of participating would remain a mystery as the trial unfolded. So a different chemist testified at trial that just one drop of VX is sufficient to kill someone but if the if the nerd but if the nerve agent is decontaminated within 15 minutes there is a chance of survival like a good chance of survival the prosecution used this as evidence that the women knew that they had applied vx to jong nam's face because they held their hands away from their bodies as they walked away and immediately washed their hands uh, uh so okay. that, let me ask you Sadie if somebody was like you're going to apply the deadliest nerve agent known to man, the, the deadliest nerve agent, and just one drop can kill you within 15 minutes, do you think you would just put that on your bare ass hands and then go swiping it and then just calmly walk to the bathroom after the fact and wash your hands? No, no, no. I wouldn't be anywhere near that airport. No. Like, no. <laughs> no. On. Yeah. No. I mean, they briskly walked to the bathroom, but not not the not people who think, who know that they have a deadly nerve agent on their bare hands next to their Ugh. bare wrists, bare arms and bare face. Their eyeballs and their nose and mm-hmm. their no. Yep. So it also takes longer for the agent to be absorbed through the thicker fatty skin on your hand but would act much more quickly when applied to the face and eyes. So that's why specifically they were like you got to put it on his eyes cuz that's why right. he that's basically why he died. So the defense argued that the women hadn't washed or disposed of their clothes after the attack, and if they would have known how dangerous the substance was, they would have done so, let alone applying it with their bare hands, with bare arms and bare faces. So yeah, they didn't even like bring a change of clothes. Or wash their clothes as soon as they got home or burn their clothes. clothes. No. No, and yeah. they would be, that's just so stupid. I'm sorry yeah. for these women, these women. 
Yeah. I mean, unless they're the toughest, most badasses assassins ever. But even then, they're going to put on some little leather gloves before they put the, the VX on your face. Well, if they're badass assassins, they're not going to do it in broad daylight right in front of a CCTV camera. No. Yeah. And then just like, like go home and chill at their apartment and wait for the authorities. Like, that's not how badass assassins work, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, that's a very good point. They don't have roommates right. and like living in some, yeah. No. Tiny apartment and yeah. no, like posting on social media that they're on their way to do another prank show at the airport at this time, yeah. and this is their target, and ha ha ha. Like no, yeah. So bringing a chemical like VX into a country is an extremely serious offense, you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And the police didn't ever investigate whether or not the supply that City and Duan had used on Jongnam had been concocted in Ri Jong Chol's home in Kuala Lumpur. They never even went oh to his apartment. My God, yeah. you are kidding me! No, nope. So City told the story of how she'd come in contact with the prank show, and in an amazingly lucky coincidence, someone who knew the taxi driver John had seen him the day that City had been introduced to James. So the first day they all met each other. So someone had seen John and taken a photo of him to post in a group chat. I'm assuming like to him. Oh, right. Yeah, because they got John's phone. And uh-huh. so they were able to look at all of the text messages between he and City just to corroborate her story basically. And so in the photo, you can clearly see John as well as James and City which corroborated her account of the day of their first meeting. Wow. I know. Yes. And I mean, she, there's tons of video of James. There's so much video of the two of them out and about doing these pranks, having brunch, you know, at the airport, et cetera. Right. But that shows even on the very first day she was telling the truth. Of course. So the prosecution called the lead detective who claimed that the four additional suspects who were still at large had been North Koreans who had been the ones to train City at Dewan to kill Jong Nam and, and that the claims that they had been participating in a prank show were too outrageous to be believed. So they were like, they were, they were assassins. Tra- these are trained assassins and those four <laughs> men had been training them and they were willingly. And like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That's not true, which... Once again, man, we talk about this all the time. If you're going to commit a crime, heap on as much crazy as you possibly can because right. then it just becomes completely unbelievable. Totally. Yeah, no, it, it is unbelievable. This it's is brilliant. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's brilliant because it's like, it's so innocent. It's so far away from what an assassination of a world leader looks like that no one would ever believe it. It's brilliant. Right. Yeah. So both women had documented their travels extensively, like I mentioned, and City even posted videos where James can be clearly seen. They also had no motive to kill the brother of the leader of North Korea, <laughs> while the leader of North Korea had tons of motive for the murder. Uh-huh. In fact, there is intelligence that suggests that Jong Nam had written a letter to Jong Un asking him to please stop trying to assassinate him. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) Because there had been previous attempts on his life, and he explained that he had no interest in being the leader and wasn't a threat. He's like, bro, bro, listen, please stop. Yes, he was seriously like, can you please, seriously, guy. Like, if I had wanted it, it would have been mine. Yeah. I would have just had it. Mm -hmm. My father, it would have just been handed to me, and you would still be trying to kill me, probably, because you want it, but like... 
Yeah. You're just trying to kill me. I'm not trying anything. <laughs> I think that his grave, yeah, and I think his grave mistake was talking shit publicly. Yeah. I think I wonder if had he not done that. Off. Yeah, but he already, I'm sure Jong-un was already like, ah, oh, that guy, that fucking guy. You know, he's just always going to be over there. It's always going to be a thing. But then he starts talking shit and he's like, ooh, you just gave me a reason. Thank you very much. So it would also be a tricky thing for North Korea to assassinate Jong Nam while he was living in China because they rely so heavily on China for support. It is also believed that China was giving Jong Nam protection in case they ever needed to overthrow Jong Un and replace him with his brother. So he was like their ace, like Trump card. This all meant that North Korea would have known that they would have to murder Jong Nam while he was outside of China and the assassination couldn't be tied back to them. So a week before his murder, Jong Nam had flown to a resort in northern Malaysia and was captured speaking to a man in an elevator at his hotel who was strongly suspected to be a CIA agent. This was never 100% confirmed, because that's how the CIA works, Right. But it was learned that Jong Nam had become a CIA informant after his brother took over. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. That's, that's so much not good. Intrigue. So much yes. intrigue. Can you imagine if you're the agent? I'm just going to, I know this isn't how it goes. I'm sure they were grooming him for years because they knew he was in China and wanted to go to Disneyland. But <laughs> can you imagine being the like agent or the general or whoever and Jong Nam's like, Yo, bro, I totally want to spy for the U.S. And I like, <laughs> pee-pee, poo-poo, vomit, cry, sweat, yes, yes, shake, yes, yes. pass right. out. Like, right. we got North Korea. Like that, uh-uh. <laughs> Best day of the CIA's life. Best day. Totally. Yep. Until the prank show kills him. Yeah. God. So it is speculated that Jong Nam met with the agent before flying back to Kuala Lumpur and the Malaysian government found that information had been removed from his laptop and stored on a hard drive on the day that he'd met with the agent. Oh, no. They also found 138,000 American ass dollars in his bag. What? Yes. Actually, I think I, I kind of do remember that part of it, too. Yeah, unless yeah. that was planted, but right. I don't know why it would have been. So it's assumed that he had sold information to the U.S. government. And it is pretty confirmed, I think, that he was a, an informant. But it also tracks. Of course he was an informant. He doesn't like communism. He likes Disneyland. Right. No, totally. Right? So the U.S. government knows very little about what actually happens in North Korea, which makes them an enormous threat. And so Jong Nam would have been a very valuable informant, having grown up in the fucking regime, running the regime, daddy's little fucking regime baby. <laughs> Seriously, you'd think that there would just be like a constant full-ass no. security team with him at all times, undercover. He was, yeah. He was at the airport by himself, completely alone. Just like a normal dude, which is shocking. I was like, how did they get right. past the security? Didn't need to. He was there by himself, which is weird. I know. I know. I'm sad for so many reasons that he's gone, but I just want a documentary about him. I want someone following him around. I want to know everything about this bro. I want to see him growing down, doing blow. I don't know. Whatever you do, I kind of... <laughs> I, it's just... It's just doing too, blow. I did, you know, he very much looks like a guy who's out there doing blow. But 
it's just so interesting to me, you know, this right. life, this dynamic. I can't believe he got out and then just, just allowed to just bebop around like it's yeah, nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. I really want to know more about his relationship with his dad too. That's what I mean. All of yeah. it. I need every piece of the information. So the night before the murder, Dawn and Mr. Y checked into a hotel near the airport and Dawn could be seen carrying a huge stuffed teddy bear on CCTV footage. Texts between them show that Mr. Y encouraged her to practice the prank on the bear and that there would be a male actor included in the prank the next day who had been hired to make the prank more difficult for her. Quote, if everyone tries their best, only then will the video clip have a good effect 100%. Wow. Yep. So he was like, yeah, like this it's guy's just gonna- not very funny. Like, this isn't why, okay, I have to <laughs> practice, but it's not like hard and it's not funny. Well, and he's like, she, he's going to be a harder one because this actor is supposed to act like he doesn't like it. Oh, God. <laughs> they thought of everything. I mean, they didn't think to not let the women post on social media, but other than that. Yeah. So on, and ultimately, I don't think it really mattered. Ultimately, I don't think it mattered. They well, and they knew not. it. No, and it seems like it was to the if they had caught wind, if the the women had caught wind that something suspicious was happening, you know, right. if they started to put more controls on it, yeah, they wouldn't have gone through with it. Well, and it really simple defenses like they were posting to make it to to build Seen an more, alibi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on the day that City was scheduled to take the stand, okay, so in Malaysia, the prosecution presents and then the judge says, they can either say at that point, yes, there's sufficient evidence. I want you, you now have to defend yourself or now nah, that's not enough evidence, case dismissed. So wow. the prosecution presented and then the judge was like, yeah, I believe you did this. Now you need to get your ass up here. You personally, you have to defend yourself. You have to get up here and tell me your side of the story. No pressure. So on the day that she was scheduled to take the stand, before the trial could start, the prosecutor stood up and very hesitantly announced that he wanted to withdraw his case against her. What? Yes. He's like, uh, Your Honor, um, I would, um, I would like to. Oh, <laughs> He's like shaking in his boots. My lord. Yep. And the judge, I'm honest to God, Sadie, the judge says, okay, cool. You're free to go. What? That's it. Yes. Yeah. He's like, what okay, case dismissed. What is happening? Yeah. So City stands up, hugs Dwan, oh. and leaves. And oh that's it. my God. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. Yep. Sorry for your troubles. Yep. So Dwan broke down and openly cried as she I learned bet. that she would have to move forward with the trial for her charges. They were like, sorry, you have to stay. City, you're dismissed. Go home. You're free. Good, good luck Why? to you. Why? What is happening? So the prosecution did a press conference, didn't give any reason for the dismissal. They're like, we're not telling you. <laughs> Straight <Okay>. up. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. But it's suspected that it was because of constant pressure from the Indonesian government that and the Malaysian government was finally like fine. Indonesia was like, guys, uh-uh. And they were finally like, <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna relent and just let her go. And they said, okay. <laughs> so city so, is left. City is gone. Said city is gone, Duan is still there. 
Correct. And she's from Vietnam. She's Vietnamese. Exactly. And so Vietnam has very close relations with North Korea because they're both communist countries. Right. And so they did a whole lot less to fight for Dewan out of fear of angering North Korea. Shit. Yes. So Indonesia was like, oh, hell no. And Vietnam was like, um, Mm. not cool, Mm. but do what you got to do, bros. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So Dewan became very depressed after City was set free and claimed that she was refusing to testify. So she's like, I'm not going to do it, which would mean an automatic death sentence if she didn't defend herself. Yes. And so for a month, everyone held their breath while they waited for her trial to resume. Luckily, on the 1st of April, she was offered a plea deal to the charge of causing harm. That's it. And she accepted Oh, okay. But what does that mean for her? So her sentence was three years and four months, but was given a one-third reduction, so she was released a month later. (laughs) Okay, good. Yes. Good. Thank God. Yes. And and it seems like, again, you can read all about it, but it seems like it was the Malaysian people that were responsible for that because they were like, you guys, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, you can't, like, we have to have some semblance of sanity and you can't just like willy-nilly let this woman go and then keep and then kill her yeah. potentially. So essentially everybody got away with it. Yes. They killed, they assassinated yep. the heir, you know, to yeah, heir the apparent throne, to the, basically. Yeah. And nobody got held accountable. Yes. Wow. So Sid and Duan were in cells that were close enough that they could talk to each other. They couldn't see each other, but they could talk to each other. And over the almost year that they were together, they became extremely close friends. I bet. They supported and consoled each other, and they say that they think of each other as sisters and can feel each other's hearts. Oh. Duan still has dreams of becoming an actress, and Sidi said that she learned about Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-nam for the first time when she was returned to Indonesia. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They're not they're doing okay, but they're not doing well. Duan in particular talked about all the flack that she got. And they're like, don't make her a star. She still murdered someone and you better repent and all this shit. No. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But they're doing okay. And they still FaceTime and stuff, which is so sweet. Oh, that's so great. So, like you said, none of the North Koreans involved in the assassination or the Japanese or the Koreans, Vietnamese, nobody was ever brought to justice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense if if it was orchestrated by North Korea. Yeah. And he's North Korean. Yeah, technically. There isn't really, other than the CIA, like we would, it would make us mad. Right. But like nobody else really cares. Yeah, or China, but China's not gonna pick a pick a fight with. They're like yeah. best bros. But yeah, right. China could have been like, no, he's technically our citizen, and we've given him asylum for this long, and you can't fuck with him. But they're not gonna do that. No. And it happened in Malaysia by an Indonesian and a Vietnamese. So it's like, right. yeah. I mean, they yeah. just they they really knew exactly what they were doing. That's so scary. It's terrifying that that's just happening. And well, okay. Terrifying. Terrifying. There's one thing to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's a whole other thing to get caught up innocently in an assassination of a world leader. I mean, that is just shit that... (laughs) God. Like, you've never even heard of this man. You have no idea who he he is, 
what no, that means. Uh, like when I was 25, no. I don't think I, you know, knew anything about North Korea. The next thing you no. know, you are killing someone. You are killing, you murdered someone. Murdered them. Yeah. Yep. So King Jong-un also succeeded in broadcasting the message that he is not someone to be taken lightly and no one is safe from his wrath, not even his own brother. No. And that, my darlings, is the targeting of Siti Aisha and Duan Ti Hong and the assassination of Kim Jong-un. Wow. Wow, dude. You really knocked it out of the park today. Thanks. That's Thank you. Crazy. I'm glad you found that as interesting as I did. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Well, I had it Please as a Patreon. Like, are, I originally had it as a Patreon because I didn't know how much information was available. So I was like, oh, this is crazy. This is this is a kooky part of this story. But then I found this two-hour documentary about so it. Great. So I was like, and and they that somehow the documentarians got it as it was unfolding. So you can see the trial happening. You can see the the defense and the prosecution and everybody. The, the city and Duan are in it, you know, heavily. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's fast out. Yeah, I had no idea. None, I had no idea about any of this. And how that documentary didn't get more attention is fucking beyond me. Right. Well, I re- yeah. yeah, I remember it being huge news when it happened. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this is so weird. And then it just was like, okay, moving on. I know. But it was also in the time of Trump, so who fucking knows? You know, well, like, yeah. So much to and that's pay the other thing. To totally. And in the meantime, Kim Jong-un is like out there being bros with every other ma- major world leader. Like he... like sending love letters to Trump and yeah yeah he's doing a very good job at his job yeah clearly. very good just terrifyingly good job very yeah very not scary. good very no. very fucking scary yeah yep. so in the meantime that story is extremely interesting and uh there you go that's amazing <laughs> I really eesh. yep so yeah everyone be careful and Dewan was like, I used to believe everyone was pink people and rainbow people, and now I don't don't believe that anymore. I don't oh. trust people. <laughs> yeah, it's so I don't blame you. I don't blame uh, you. No, no, I'm glad they're okay. I'm so glad they're okay. I'm glad they're out. But good God, how traumatizing! How traumatizing! I, I just can't even. I mean, no. like you said, there's just that you know, like yeah, <laughs> yes. There's one thing to be falsely convicted or accused of murder. Yeah. It's a whole other thing to be tricked into actual murder. Very much so. I don't know how I would ever live with that. No. Yeah, because ultimately they still did kill someone and and very closely died. <laughs> you know, very... It was, yeah. There was yes. a very good chance that they were going to die too. So really that's a lot to process. Obviously. No. I'm so glad yep. they didn't get... I really wasn't sure that this wasn't going to end in death sentences. Same. I will. Yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah. I. I. That scares the shit out of me. I mean, anyone who's watched Broke Down Palace <laughs> has a weird fear of being falsely imprisoned or justly imprisoned in a foreign country. No. I don't want to have to experience yeah. something like that. No. 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 Thank you. Especially when I'm just an innocent girl trying to make a buck on fucking social media. Like, Seriously. no Seriously. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. 
So there you go. New fear unlocked. And uh, let's quickly take a quick hard right into name time. Do it. Oh, actually, first, I'm going to play my promo for my podcast. It's just like a minute long. Uh, So if you like horror in particular, take a listen and check it out. And let me just tell you, I know that Courtney's my sister or whatever. I'm like rolling my eyes. But it's serious. If you like scary stories, I really, I'm, they're good. They're good. Thanks, if bro. you know somebody who likes scary stories, if it's not your thing, tell people about it. It will help their podcast so much. Tell your friends, share it on social media. It's worth it. Courtney puts so much effort. It's like her heart and soul besides us, of course. We'd, uh, yeah. But it's really, 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 really well done. And so Thank scary. You. Thank you. to Please Leave Podcast, home to stories that haunt. Every week we dare to delve into the liminal space where the supernatural collides with the horrors of humanity. And in each episode, we unleash a new tale of terror. Our storytellers lift the thin veil that separates you from the unrelenting unknown, revealing terrifying truths of the paranormal that exist just beyond the realm of perception. If you're brave enough to join us as we confront the sinister, please stay. Subscribe to our Patreon and our main feed. But be warned, once you open your mind to these dispatches from the dark, they will refuse to leave. Okay, now it's name time. Here's another song. (laughs) Name time. (laughs) It's name time. All right. I got a giant wad for you guys today. You guys are on fire every week. I really don't know how there's so many amazing names in the world, but here we go. There's a recent Invisible Choir episode a woman who was a pathological liar name made up a lawyer name Blake Lawington. <laughs> Blake Lawington? Lawington. Lawington. Yes. L-A-W-ington. What's your lawyer's name? Uh Blake Lawington. Lawington. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh okay, so somebody said. I think this was three in one day. They were like, first I saw a place, Spread Eagle, Wisconsin. (laughs) Then she was like, there were so many reasons to reach out to you today. So that was sign one. Didn't reach out after that one. But then they were listening to a podcast, Bone Valley, Chapter 3, Trial by Ambush. And they referenced a journalist by the name of Susie (laughs) Shottlecotty. She said, amazing. But I still somehow fought the impulse to email you, but I could fight it no longer when they were in the episode and talked about a public defender by the name of Tony Maloney. <laughs> Tony Maloney. Susie Shadokati <laughs> and Tony Maloney in one episode. Amazing. Oh my God. Um, also, our longtime listener, like day one listener, Jonathan, has been holding Man. out on us. Lizard Lick, North Carolina. Duck, what? North Carolina. And Saxophon, North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, so Michael Caine legally changed his name. So his original name is Maurice Joseph McWhite. McElwhite. (laughs) (laughs) But he had to change it because on his passport, it said Maurice Joseph McElwhite. And everyone would be like, what's up, Michael Caine? And then they'd look down and be like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Who is Maurice Joseph McElwhite? All right. um, Oh, my God. Set of siblings. Marlon Cosmo Manitou Zinderhoff, uh, what's the word? Hyphen gray. <laughs> Zinderhoff hyphen gray. Marlon Cosmo Manitou Zinderhoff gray. Flinder Zinderhoff gray. What? And Orion Zinderhoff gray. What? <laughs> or Ziderhoff. Sorry, I was reading that wrong. Ziderhoff gray. Wow. Mm. That's um, some, those are some names. This person's nephew's urologist is Peter Wang. <laughs> Someone's aunt and uncle worked as a midwife and gynecologist in Quickborn. <laughs> ah, I hope for her all of the births were quick. That's right. Uh, someone in the same practice was also named Jurgen Jurgens. Jurgen Jurgens. Uh, <laughs> yep. Hold up. Don't I'm not, I don't cough anymore, but unless I laugh. Okay. Okay. Oh, I think these are German or, yeah, I think these are also German places. It's a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> List is the northernmost town in Germany. Ellerhoop. Oh, horrible. Pinenberg. So it's not oh. the most exciting, but it's fun to say. I agree. So cute. Bullen colon. <laughs> <laughs> Klein Nordy and Grob Grob Nordy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Nornenden, Nornenden, Nord and yeah, Klein Nordend, Nordend, Small North End and Big North End. Yeah, I got a Big North End for you. Yeah. Heist. Etz. That's like our last name. Eck, which I'm glad I started Ooh. with because yes. people are like, what's your last name? And I always say, it's spelled E-C-K because that, right. and then I'm like, and that's it. And they're like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. believe you, but that's fine if that's what you want to pretend your last name is. Right. Horst. It's also Wait, common what, what? Horst. Horst? Yep. Mm. Common male first name. I've known some horse. Horst. It also sounds like it would be delicious to eat. <laughs> it really does. Like a sausage like soup or something. Or like yeah. kraut. Yeah. Mm. Like, a, like a pasta with meats in it. Groenland. German for Greenland. Ooh. Sommerland. Right next to Groenland. <laughs> it translates to Summerland. <laughs> Gluckstadt. Storn, Stordorf. It's translated to Disturb Village. Whoa. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of disturbed villages in Germany as a yeah. full-blooded German. Yep. That's, Not to say, that's where our people are from. Oh, yeah. Kummerfeld. <laughs> Schiffdorf. Tettens. <laughs> and Butterberg. Translates to Buttercastle. <laughs> oh, there's a company in their town called Cocksoft with a K. Cocksoft. Whoa. I know. Uh, okay. Uh, somebody's in a Bible study with several other older ladies. She said, I'm 47 and the youngest by about 25 to 30 years. The lady that reads our study was telling us her brother's name is Richard, but of course he never goes by that. And they call him Dick or Dickie and his last name is Hurt. And it was literally <laughs> Dick Hurt. 
We got a Richard Wax. We got a Richard Slutskin. We got a I'm a, <laughs> I'm a con. <laughs> William Billy Bacon. <laughs> Morton Moe Strait. Whoa. B.J. Richards. <laughs> this one. Good God. Dr. T. Doctor. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Quaker names from the 17th century. I'm just going to oh blast right on through these. Ryan, your husband sent me these. <laughs> of course he did. Mm-hmm. Patience fish. Return towel. Love, <laughs> love beer. Experience cuppage. What? Experience cuppage. Oh my God. Rich whale. Ruderon reddle. <laughs> Shardus Alethio Iyer. Wow. Yeah. Those Shardus. The Shardus. Those Eldoys. <laughs> wild, wild. Old Craven. O L O U L D E. Old Craven. Wow. Dolphin Mun. <laughs> Broad, Broadbank Plant. Whoa. Charity Nut. <laughs> charity kill and charity corn. Someone named Brian in the 17th century, which nobody was named Brian, and as the person no. in this video pointed out, but yeah, Brian Sixsmith and his son Revolution Sixsmith. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, of the Quaker names, Elizabeth Poop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a Union General Hurlbutts. <laughs> Someone's gram- grandma's maiden name was Flossie Baugh. Oh, my God. And when she got married, she became Flossie Hill. Ugh, Flossie. Okay, and one name that I forgot about until very recently. So in, in the city of Portland, Oregon, there is a big business building. I think it's the biggest building in Portland. And it's called Big Pink. It's a big pink high-rise office building. And I worked downtown, and so I would go to a place in Big Pink on the main floor very frequently called Players Zone. <laughs> Do you want to guess what Players Zone sold? Um, Much like this story I told today, you will never guess what Players Zone sold. I don't know. Salad. <laughs> I mean, clearly... <laughs> Clearly. I was thinking energy drinks. Um, no. Lottery Yeah, tickets. video games. No. Player's Zone was a salad bar. One big giant salad bar. A and salad bar. Player's Zone. Player's Zone. The- it, was a, it was a room. It was probably 12 by 20 room. Not even that big of a room. And it's like, you know, when you're walking around and there's like the newspaper place and a coffee shop yeah, and stuff. Yeah, totally. Just a big giant room filled with a salad bar, and one lady who weighed the salad and sold you the salad called Players they Zone. They did, didn't want to get a new sign, probably. I would guess so, but I don't think so. I think it was actually called Players Zone. It was a salad <laughs> bar. That's so funny. Blake and I would always be like, want to be the Players Zone? Yeah, for yeah. salad. It should have been called When Eddie Met Salad, but it uh-huh. was called Players Zone. So. There you go, guys. Those are the names for this week. Uh, 
Uh, let's do I, a couple shouty outies real yes. fast. Hey, our Patreon party is coming up very fast in like 10 days. Yep. Uh, so if April 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So sign up. There's still yeah. time. Sign up. Quick. And for as little as $5 a month, you can participate in that party. You also get an additional episode every week. All of our episodes are ad-free on Patreon. And you get a shouty outy of your name, just like the ones I'm about to do. I apologize. And also you're welcome for this. <laughs> People love them. They love I, them. I love doing them. I really do. It's uh it's a weird catharsis, you guys, and we love you. So here you go. Yes. Who do we have Let's this week? Do it. Thank you so much to Tiffany T. Tiffany, try it. If you want to find out what she's made of, you will like it a lot. I guarantee it. Tiffany T's off on you and it's going to be great and you're going to love it because Tiffany is made of grace and beauty and vibrance and elevated energy and intelligence. (laughs) Tiffany T's off on you and it's the best thing you could imagine because you come out of the T and you feel like a brand new you and me. And if you don't believe me, then you're just going to have to turn Try it, Tiffany T R Y it. That's good. Thanks. I like that ending. <laughs> Too well. Oh God, I have to explode everything. Oh, I got hot, so I'm gonna take off my smock I was wearing. A poncho. Oh, you have to say it's a sweat poncho. Sweat poncho. It's like literally made of sweatshirt material, designed by Isaac Mizrahi. <laughs> it's the ugliest thing I own and oh. really sweaty. And I found it at Goodwill and I couldn't resist it. It's got a hood. Oh. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Thank you so much to Dorothy S. Dorothy. I love the name Dorothy. And Ugh, if I, I was going to write a story, it would be like this. Once upon a time, there was a person named Dorothy. Dorothy was an old soul because, of course, but not in the way you think. Dorothy was an old soul in the way that she could conjure power. She could conjure <laughs> d- uh, earthen uh, powers and information, a timeless information. She could tap into the darkest, deepest swells of knowledge from uh. the beginning of time and the secrets of the earth and the universe and the stars and the cosmos. That's a very casual experience for Dorothy, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Dorothy had a quest and the quest was to find Dorothy's true self. And Dorothy had to look no further. It's a very short, very short tale. Dorothy walked over to the mirror, looked right on into it, stared into her own eyes. Then guess what? Whoosh, fell into not only the mirror, but then into her own eyes, Whoa. into the cosmos, into the endlessness of Dorothy into her own soul, which expanded into everything, the divine, all of it. It's within her, the end, the beginning, the middle is Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy. So casual. She's just like, whatever. (laughs) And then she brushed her teeth and went to work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who's next? Let's do one more. Thank you, 
last but certainly not least, thank you so much to Allison R. Oh my God. Allison, rev it up, baby. Here it goes. Allison. <laughs> Raven is for it. Going to eat it. It is her time and she's going to complete it. Allison's going to eat and consume everything that she deserves and everything that she knew she would find one day. She never gave up and it showed her the way. And now she is on the path to it. And it is great, greater than she could <laughs> ever imagine. And she takes one step out of the day. And she's greeted by everything that's along her way. And those things are things like divinity, intelligence, power, and the ability to not give a single fuck. <laughs> but in a cool way, not in a bully way or a shitty way, just an empowered way where she knows that nothing matters but who she is and being the most authentic version of that. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for your Thank support. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for it, listening. Thank you for uh, being cool. Really yeah, cool. thank you for not getting wrapped up in uh, assassination plots against the yeah. world's leaders. Yeah. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, They Will Kill. God, They Will Kill. <laughs> com right? So where we are? <laughs> I think Jesus. so, yes. Yep. Uh, you can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe. And hey, guys, we need you. If you've been like, I should do that, do it. Be nice. Yeah. Uh, we just, you know, sometimes we get like a slew of bad reviews and that's happening and our numbers drop. I don't really know if the rating system on Apple matters too much, but go over there. Five stars, please. Yeah. That would be great. That would be great. Uh, we would love you for it. We love you anyway, but that would be yes. great. And thanks, AJ, for your music. Yes, thank you so much. And remember. Um, and remember. Mm, I got I nothing. I was like, I got something. No. I know. I feel like I had something too. But I think it, that you just got to remember that to just go get some salad today. <laughs> I love a salad bar. I love the players. Yeah. I miss it. And yes. um, there you go. That's you your- know what I'm getting. I just ordered um, before I set it up ahead of time some Jimmy John's. My kids are over at a friend's house, and I was like, "You watch my kids so I can record, and I will bring us all lunch." There you go. Well, don't do what I did though the other day, and I ordered Jimmy John's online, but I ordered the veggie because I'm vegetarian, and I didn't put any of the stuff on it. No pickles. No Jimmy peppers. Nothing. What? It was $16 for me to what? have a... Yeah, and I got the big one, which I never want the big sandwich. But for a big sandwich with chips, or I didn't even get chips. I got their cookies, which are gross. What? Yeah. Courtney. And a drink. $16? $16. And then I got it home and opened it up and I didn't have... There was no stuff on it and I just biffed that hard. It was a huge... Oh, God. Yeah. I had to put my own pickles and... Yeah. 
<laughs> he but just had a, he paid sixteen dollars to have to make your own damn sand, yeah, sandwich. <laughs> yes, which is a sandwich. You know, it's okay as long as you put the Jimmy peppers on it. It's pretty fucking yeah. good. You know, yeah, yeah. It, the bread is good. But the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. It's not, this is not an ad for. Jimmy I don't say Jones. good. It's not, it's not good. It's fine, right? No. It's like yeah. it's fine, but it's more enjoyable with the stuff on it. And then to get it home, and it's just like cheese, mayonnaise, and bread for sixteen dollars. I was like, this is <laughs> man. I just set a, a trap for my own self and fell right into it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I just terrible. bought six sandwiches. How many other? I don't know. There's a bunch of us and for thirty dollars. So. I made a mistake and somewhere chips. along the way. Yeah, I made a mistake. <laughs> I don't know what I did. Anyway, we love you guys so much. <laughs> you so much. Eat a salad or a sandwich. It's your choice. <laughs> yeah. There you go. We'll Good see advice. you soon. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.